0: Welcome to the podcast of Medora Pentecostal Church. We are a growing community of believers committed to bringing hope and building lives. We pray today's message is a blessing to you. Book of Psalms, chapter 91. I want to leave a a thought with you today. Verse number one, the Bible says... He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in Him will I trust. Oh, thank you, Jesus, for your word. Pastor Gill. would you take us to the Lord in prayer right now and ask God to, to touch us today? Lord, we thank you. And the church said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Lord bless you. That is a courtesy and not a command. I want to talk to you this afternoon. I got it. Told you I'd do it. Told you I'd break it before the day was over. I want to talk to you on this subject. Trusting in the dwelling place. Trusting in the dwelling place. Verse number one I read in your hearing today says, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. The word dwelleth there comes from a root Hebrew word, yashav, which means to sit down, to remain, to to kind of settle in or settle down, if you will, even as in the context as people settle down when they marry. To dwell in the secret place of the Most High requires a little more than just an ordinary hour of worship on Sundays. It requires some time that is taken carefully and consciously to get into the presence of God. Sometimes I think that we get into the presence of God and we we might rush just a little too much. That that might just happen in Mount Carmel, I don't know, but I I feel like we rush sometimes and, and we really don't sometimes appreciate to its fullest what the presence of God has to offer us. But he asks of us in this verse to dwell there, and that is to sit down for a while, to remain, to kind of settle in a little bit, maybe even marry. All right. It might even be good to get married to the presence of God in a manner of speaking. When we remain somewhere, we stay there. That is the key. When we are remaining, we stay. And staying means I exist there. Staying means I live there. Staying means I'm not interested in going anywhere else this is the best thing that has ever happened to me in my life I can't afford to entertain the idea that somewhere else will give me what I need I need the presence of God in my life that I might dwell in his place in his house and that in that dwelling I might settle in a little while I might even get a little married to him if I can and in that settling I can understand today that he is there somebody say amen <clears throat> we remain there when we settle in we don't go anywhere else we don't move too quick we get there and we stay a little while I, I heard it said one time and I've probably repeated it a thousand times in my ministry and that is don't come to church with leaving on your mind <clears throat> It is is a fault to to put something on the crock pot on a Sunday morning and come to church and think about the smell of that roast. Oh, come on, don't tell me I'm the only one that's ever done it. I, I would even dare think today that we'd be better off not putting it in the crock pot on Sundays. I don't want to tempt me. I don't want to put myself in a position where that while I'm in his presence, my mind starts wandering on something else. I've got to stay focused because I just might miss him when he walks by. And oh, Savior, don't pass me up. I don't want to miss him when he comes by. I want to grab everything he's got for me. And I want to remain a little while in his presence. Somebody shout hallelujah. We need every church encounter look at your neighbor today and shout every we need every church encounter we need every experience of worship to be intentional and to be focused as a worship time for him you know you, you can't worship God on accident if you're going to worship God it has to be intentional intentional You know, there's a lot of things in life that can happen on accident. Worship's not one of them. I don't, Brother Bingham, I don't just accidentally lift my hand. The law of gravity forbids it. It has to be something that I focus on. I don't accidentally lift my voice. I have to do something to be intentional and focused about it. When a person settles down, especially in marriage, they stop shopping. Can I say it again? When a person settles down in marriage, they stop shopping. I had a gentleman that I worked, this isn't in my notes, but Lord have mercy. I had a gentleman that I worked with one time several years ago. My wife and I just got married. We were in our very, very early 20s. He had worked at the place where where we were at for over 40 years, so he was very much my senior, and uh, one of the younger girls that was there had come out, and she knew how to get his attention, and she got his attention, and as she walked away, He i I could just I could see it all over his face. And and I just I stood there like this. Now I'm 20 years old. He's in his early 60s. And I I feel like I'm getting ready to school this guy. Because I'm just standing there. And he turned and looked at me and he goes, What? I said, you know what? Well, there's nothing wrong with a little window shopping. And I looked at him and I said, Respectfully, sir, every time I window shop, it's with intent to buy. I didn't come to talk about marriage today in the physical context. But it's still true. But when you settle down, when you get married and you settle down, You stop searching. You stop shopping. You've got that special someone already on your arm and you start settling into that relationship. If we are ever going to dwell in the secret place of the Most High, then it is on us to get in His presence and and to spend some time with Him and in that spending time build relationship with Him. I want a God that knows me by my first name. I want a God that knows me not by my ailment not by my past but a God that knows me by my future and that's a future that only he can give me when I dwell in the secret place. Hallelujah. Every time we're in his presence. The secret place in biblical history gives an account in in the Hebrew it's a it's a place called Cetare. It's a covering. It's a covering or it's a place of protection. I, I don't know where you come from. I don't know what light, lot in life you're facing today. Uh, like I said, there's, there's very few names in this building today that I actually know I don't don't know what life and what season of life has faced you today. But I do know this. When we get into his presence. When we can get into a worship posture in his presence. There's a covering that happens. There's an umbrella of his spirit that overshadows me. That if I need protection, this is where I find it. If I need healing, this is where I find it. If I need to be lifted up, this is... If I need to be encouraged today, this is where I find it. I'm going to trust in the dwelling place because the dwelling place is the place where God can cover me and my enemy can't find me. Uh. So I want to be under the shadow under the shade or the defense of the almighty. He cast a big shadow. Thank God. He cast a shadow that's large enough that I can get under. Well what's it it mean to be in the shadow? You know I, I love I love I love different cultures and languages and I used to work used to work in a Japanese company. And I had a boss that we would we would banter back and forth in Japanese just a little bit. He would do it, I would try. And he would come in and he would ask me, "How are you doing?" and I would answer him, "I'm doing great." I would say it in Japanese. I would answer him, "I'm doing great." And it would it would go something like this. Watashi wa sugoi desu samade. now that may not mean anything to anybody but I'll translate for you that very last bit meat literally translated is because of your shade that's a cultural statement it's, 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 a, it's a basic fundamental way in Japanese to say I'm doing well because of you how are you doing I'm doing well because of your shade I'm doing good because you cast such a large shadow on me that that just the very existence of your shadow. Wasn't it Peter in the New Testament that walked by and his shadow fell on someone and they were healed? That's how powerful the shadow is. And oh, in the dwelling place today, ladies and gentlemen, we can establish our footing and I can say, God, I'm good today. I'm doing well today because of your shade, because of your shadow. I can trust in your dwelling. Oh, somebody give him praise right now. Ah, woo! It feels good in here. Yes, I'm doing well because of his shadow. Yes, yes, yes. Psalm 91 and verse number 2 says, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God. In him will I trust. Will I trust? The word "will" there is a present singular first person verb that means "I am going to." Right. All right, come on. How many times have we come before God and said, "Well, I believe He can." Right, come on, come on. Well, if you haven't, I have. Come on. I I, I believe He can, Pastor Gill. Yeah. I, I just don't know if He will for me. What that is inter- what you're what you're really saying there is, I you know I, I kind of trust in it. Mm-hmm. All right. oh. I, I that, that, what that's saying is is right. I'll, I'll trust in him as long as I see something. Oh, oh, come on. Good. But there's times, ladies and gentlemen, in this walk of life, we have to trust him before we see anything. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Right. This is very much at times a very blind trust. I trust him just for who he is. Yes. I trust him just because he's God I trust him just because he is That's trust God is our refuge Somebody say thank you Jesus God is our strength And he is a very present help in trouble I'll address him as my God Because he's the God whom alone I worship In him will I trust I will repose that confidence in him Which is evidenced by making my home with him I'm dwelling with him I want to spend some time with him And by that I trust him You see, because you and I We don't spend time with people we don't trust Right? You you may not tell the person I don't trust you (laughs) Well you kind of do you just don't say it. You, you may not say, oh, I'll shake your hand, but I'm moving on because I don't trust you. You just shake their hand and move on. But the people you trust, you want to pull up a chair to the dinner table with. The people you trust, you want to spend some time around. The people you trust, you want to be with them. You want to make home with them. You want to seek a permanent dwelling place with him. In other words, I'm going to instruct my soul today, wait only on God. And I'm going to remain calm and commit this entire situation, whatever it is. I am going to surrender it to him because I'm expecting something from him. It doesn't say that I might. It doesn't say that I can. It doesn't say that I should. It doesn't even say that I would. It says I will. I will trust. Somebody say thank you, Jesus. I will trust in Him. Psalms 18 and 2 says, The Lord is my rock and my fortress, my deliverer, my God, my strength in in whom I will trust, my buckler and the horn of my salvation and my high tower. Psalms 3 and 3 says, But thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, my glory and the lifter up of mine head. I do not have to hang my head low today. And I, I, I I don't want to be insensitive, because life happens, and, and and there's kind, there's probably all kinds of walks of life represented in this house today. All I want to say today is you're in the right place at the right time for whatever season of life you are in, because He is the lifter up of my head, He is my shield, and He is my glory, and He is my protector, and He is my dwelling place. I don't have to let my lip drag the bottom of my shoes just because something's not going right because I know the God I trust. Because he's the lifter of my head. He's the horn of my salvation. He's the restorer of my soul. Somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. I promise you I'm going to try to land the plane soon. The book of Psalms chapter 46 and verse number 1 Says to the chief musician to the sons of Korah, a song upon Alamot. Now, most of us Bible readers probably skip that entire sentence and just jump straight to God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Right. Yeah, sure. And he is. he is. Okay, He is. He is just that. And I will tell you today that I, I have recognized in my walk with God just exactly how present He can be. Come on, amen. Yes. 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 And it doesn't matter what time it is. That's right. That's right. This verse gets often misquoted. Innocently, God is our refuge and strength, the very present help in the time of trouble. And I cringe when I hear it simply because I don't think it matters what time it is. He is our present help. Always, Bishop was. He's our present help, and I'm so thankful for that. But I want to draw your attention to those italicized words at the front of that verse. Uh, some Bibles may not even print it anymore. I don't know, but it's important. But the phrase that says, a song upon alemot," alemot is a Hebrew word for a musical term. Denoting that the song which bears this inscription Was to be sung by the soprano or the female voice That was the literal intention of it Anyone who knows music knows that the soprano is generally looked to For the lead or for the high sounding pitch in the harmony. In other words, this psalm was to be sung with a high voice. I would declare to you today that it could just be. Now this Pastor Gill, this is Mason chapter five verse two. All right? But I would declare to you today that it just could be possible, that it really didn't matter whether it was female or not. And that it really didn't matter in terms of soprano harmony that it was sung in that level. But that it was more of the volume. That it was less about the the exact soprano pitch and it was more about the declarative volume that was used. In other words, the psalm written with this inscription was to be sung not necessarily just with a high voice, but with a loud voice. So now we've leveled the playing field and uh, now we can include the altos. Now we can include the tenors and the bass and the baritones and the other tones and the other no's that go with it. Now we can include everybody and we can say that the psalm that bears this inscription should not be read as God is our refuge and strength. A very present help in trouble. Uh But it rather should be read as a trumpet of a thousand voices declaring God is our refuge. strength you see he's not just going to give me a place of dwelling but while I'm there he's going to make the weak strong he's going to lift me up and he's going to give me the strength I need that when I exit the dwelling I can survive a very present help in trouble I'm about to lose my voice, but we'll go out screaming. There's times you need to look at your enemy. You need to look at your problem. You need to look at your adversary. You need to look at your diseases and your health issues. And you need to declare it in Jesus' name. God is my refuge. God is my strength. shout hallelujah. He's a place I can run to. Probably probably every toddler at some point I think if I'm wrong don't tell me Just say, Blessing Jesus. But probably every toddler at some point has gotten into something. Something has spooked them. And they have turned around and did a 180 to run the other way and say, Daddy! He's a place I run to. Feel the Holy Ghost. Let me tell you something today. Let me tell you how good He is. Even if it's your fault you got messed up. Come on now, yes sir. Come on now, Uh woo. Because you see, He's not just a very present help and strength for me whenever all the outside forces have come against me. He's my refuge and strength, even when I walked away from it. He's my refuge and strength, even when I said no. Even when I'm the one that messed up, he's still standing there like Daddy with his open arms. So whenever I turn around and I say, Daddy, he's there. He's still a present help, he's still a strength for me. Come on, saints of God, I want to dwell in, the, I want to trust in the dwelling place today. How many want to trust him? Could you lift your hands and magnify him today? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He is my present help. I have present dilemmas. I have present problems. I need a present God. I need a present help. As a matter of fact, sometimes I need a very present help. And he is just my refuge and my strength somebody shout amen Amen. you got to be careful where you put your trust sometimes we put our trust in something only to find out that it was sinking sand and then it's time to retreat the story is told of a national magazine that assigned a photographer to take pictures of a forest fire. Told him a small plane would be waiting at the hangar to fly him over the fire. The photographer arrived at the airstrip one hour before sundown. Sure enough, a small Cessna plane was there waiting, prepped, ready to go. The photographer jumped in with all of his equipment and he shouted, Let's go! The pilot, a very tense looking young man, turned the plane into the wind and soon they were in the air and they were flying very erratically. And the photographer said, fly over the north side of the fire and make several low level passes. And the nervous pilot sat there, shooking at the wheel. He said, why? The photographer said, because I'm going to take pictures. I'm a photographer. That's what I do. The pilot looked at him and he said, You mean you're not the flight instructor? (laughs) Be careful where you put your trust. I have trusted men. Can I take that a step further? I have trusted men behind pulpits. Right. Yeah. Right. Yes, yeah. Now, just don't turn the station. <laughs> Stay tuned, because the moral of that statement is not that you stop trusting men behind pulpits. Right. It's, right. Right. it's that you confirm naturally, spiritually, and with the word that you're trusting the right one. But I have put my trust in men who did absolutely nothing but fail me. I have seen men who stood behind pulpits who made gross errors and mistakes that took them out of a pulpit yeah. right. and I have seen churches go from 300 to 15 because of it sure. right. now side note footnote I believe Pastor Gill in the value of leadership so much that I kind of understand that because we bear an intense responsibility to lead correctly All the leaders say amen, amen. So I, I can kind of see that On the flip side though I naturally Lean toward who, Where was their trust yeah. Yeah. Now, by, 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 no, by no stretch Am I saying Don't you trust this man That's not what I'm saying If you got that out of that Please see me after church We'll have a nice conversation yeah. What I am saying is that our trust has to be put so much in God that if a man falls, it doesn't take me with him. God's place, the trust. Psalm 71 and 3 says, Be thou my strong habitation, whereunto I may continually resort Thou hast given commandment to save me, for thou art my rock and my fortress. Psalm 142 and 5, I cried unto thee, O Lord. I said, thou art my refuge and my portion in the land of the living. In him will I trust. In him will I trust. Stand with me today. Isaiah said it this way, verse number 12, verse 2, he said, Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song. And he also has become my salvation. I wonder if you'd just lift your hands right now to the Lord and begin to cry out to him I want to trust in the dwelling place I trust you Jesus I trust you it was the first week of February 2008 I walked into my office area at work and my boss steps his head out out of his office and he says senior VP wants to see you in 15 minutes okay i had been working on a multi-million dollar project so I assumed he wants an update before they give a final approval so I gathered up all of my folders and organized everything I walked into his office I was feeling pretty good. Nine o'clock in the morning, I thought, I'm about to land the deal, they're gonna approve it, and this is gonna be great. I walk in, he's not in his office. HR, VP of HR sitting there. I sat down, she wouldn't look at me. I started taking inventory. It's like, okay, is there anybody on my staff that don't like me? Is there anything I've said that I'm not willing to defend? I couldn't come up with anything. You know, they say you don't have to remember anything as long as you tell the truth. That's right. Amen. So I sat there quite comfortable because I could—I didn't feel like there was any need for concern. He walks in the room, and within 15 minutes, I was walking to my car, jobless mm-hmm. because of corporate downsizing. Uh, that's another story in and of itself, but. Yeah my son was sick my wife was at the doctor with him and I just lost my cell phone so I had no way of communicating I leave they they, they told me and I'm, I'm condensing a really long story here they told me and said leave all your personals we'll schedule a time with you to come back and pick everything up uh, don't talk to anybody just leave couldn't even say goodbye to the people that I was leader of. I get to, I'm, I'm, I'm stunned, I'm shocked, I'm in awe. Brother Bingham, I get to the parking lot. And I don't say this today, I'm not patting me on the back. But I want you to know I believe in what I've just preached to you today. That's right. I get to the parking lot and the door closes behind me and I felt the holy. And I don't pretend to walk in the Spirit 24 7. That's right, amen. But my teaching and my upbringing and my raising and faithfulness to the house of God kicked in. And as I was walking to my car, I looked up to the sky and I said, I know in whom I believe. That's right. Right. Yep. Amen. Did that make the rest of the day easy? No, but it sure did make it better than what it could have been. That's right. Amen. That's right. Amen. That's right. That Trusting. Amen. When you say trust, it's a big statement. A year and a half ago, I go in for sinus surgery. It was a routine surgery. Forty minutes, it was supposed to be over. As my pastor Was sitting with my wife and I, and when we had prayer before they took me back, the last words out of my mouth in prayer that morning, Bishop Walls, was, I trust you. It's the last thing I said to him before saying amen I trust you. When I woke up, I found out that three times I stopped breathing. not classified as dead yet, but if they had not reacted within milliseconds, Mm -hmm. I would have been completely dead and never come out of it. I trust you. Telling you today, it may sound like a tall order to trust him, but there is nothing like trusting him. The dividends of trusting him far outweigh anything this world could ever give you. I trust him today. I close with this this afternoon. Zig Ziglar said, Evidence is conclusive that your self-talk has a direct bearing on your performance. I like that so much. I, 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 I typed it up, cut it out, and I put it on my, my, my office phone at work. So I, every time I looked at my phone and I knew I was going to be talking, it reminded me. Self-talk has a direct bearing. It's important. Life is full of seasons, ladies and gentlemen. Amen. Some are good. Some are great. Some are not so good. Right. We go through some desert seasons. We go through some quiet seasons. I share this with you, and then we're, we're going we're gonna to have an altar call. We're going to sing, and we're going to worship. But there is a, a Hebrew word that has two very distinct approaches to it but it's the same word. The Hebrew word medaber means talking. Spelled just like it. Spelled just like, pronounced differently, but spelled just like it is medbar. And it means desert. And what I, what I declare to you from that today is that what you say in your desert will determine your victory. What I speak in my desert season may determine how long I stay in my desert season. If you're in a desert season this afternoon, I just remind you one more time you're in the right place at the right time. And I want my speech to be pleasing to God that, Lord, I trust you. This altar is open today. I wonder how many people we could get together around today and just lift your hands and begin to worship and call on the Lord because He is our refuge. He is our strength. And He is our God in whom we trust and we believe today. Hallelujah. Let's worship His name today. Thank you for joining us today we pray you have been encouraged. If you would like more information about Medora Pentecostal Church, you can check out our website at www.medorachurch.com.